Good morning. Today is Friday, the 24th of May. Our readings, 2019. <laughs> Our readings today are Psalm 106, 1 through 18, Wisdom 16, 15 through 17, 1, Romans 14, 13 through 23, and Luke 8, 40 through 56. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, you are my God, from break of day I seek you. O God, you are my God, eagerly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you as in a barren and dry land where there is no water. Therefore I have gazed upon you in your holy place, that I might behold your power and your glory. For your loving kindness is better than life itself. My lips shall give you praise. So will I bless you as long as I live, and lift up my hands in your name. My soul is content as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my helper, and under the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul clings to you. Your right hand holds me fast. O oh God, you are my God. From break of day I seek you. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 106. Praise the Lord. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord, or declare all his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, 
that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity, have done wickedly. Our ancestors, when they were in, your, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your, your wonderful works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled against the Most High at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, so that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry. He led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe, and delivered them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries, not one of them was left. Then they believed his words, they sang his praise. But they soon forgot his works, they did not wait for his counsel. But they had a wanton craving in the wilderness, and put God to the test in the desert. He gave them what they asked, but sent a wasting disease among them. They were jealous of Moses in the camp, and of Aaron, the Holy One of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan, and covered the fraction of Abraham. Fire also broke out in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf at Horeb and worshipped a cast image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore he said he would destroy them, had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him, to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Then they despised the pleasant land, having no faith in his promise. They grumbled in their tents, and did not obey the voice of the Lord. Therefore he raised his hand and swore to them, that he would make them fall in the wilderness, and would disperse their descendants among the nations, scattering them over the lands. Then they attached themselves to the Baal of Peor, and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They provoked the Lord to anger with their deeds, and a plague broke out among them. Then Phineas stood up and interceded, and the plague was stopped. And that has been reckoned to him as righteousness, from generation to generation forever. They angered the Lord at the waters of Meribah, and it went ill with Moses on their account. For they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke words that were rash. They did not destroy the peoples, as the Lord commanded them. But they mingled with the nations and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts and prostituted themselves in their doings. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people and he abhorred his heritage. He gave them into the hand of the nations, so that those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their power. Many times he delivered them, but they were rebellious in their purposes, and were brought low through their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake he remembered his covenant, and showed compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all who held them 
by all who held them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Wisdom of Solomon. To escape from your hand is impossible. For the ungodly refusing to know you were flogged by the strength of your arm, pursued by unusual rains and hail and relentless storms, and utterly consumed by fire. For, most incredible of all, in water which quenches all things, the fire had still greater effect, for the universe defends the righteous. At one time the flame was restrained, so that it might not consume the creatures sent against the ungodly, but that seeing this they might know that they were being pursued by the judgment of God. And at another time, even in the midst of water, it burned more intensely than fire to destroy the crops of the unrighteous land. Instead of these things, you gave your people food of angels, and without their toil you supplied them from heaven with bread ready to eat, providing every pleasure and suited to every taste. For your sustenance manifested your sweetness toward your children, and the bread, ministering to the desire of the one who took it, was changed to suit everyone's liking. Snow and ice withstood fire without melting, so that they might know that the crops of their enemies were being destroyed by the fire that blazed in the hail and flashed in the showers of rain, whereas the fire, in order that the righteous might be fed, even forgot its native power. For creation, serving you who made it, exerts itself to punish the unrighteous, and in kindness relaxes on behalf of those who trust in you. Therefore, at that time also, changed into all forms, it served your all-nourishing bounty, according to the desire of those who had need, so that your children, whom you loved, O Lord, might learn that it is not the production of crops that feeds humankind but that your word sustains those who trust in you. For what was not destroyed by fire was melted when simply warmed by a fleeting ray of the sun, to make it known that one must rise before the sun to give you thanks, and must pray to you at the dawning of the light. For the hope of an ungrateful person will melt like wintry frost and flow away like waste water. Great are your judgments and hard to describe. Therefore uninstructed souls have gone astray. For when lawless people supposed that they held the holy nation in their power, they themselves lay as captives of darkness and prisoners of long night, shut in under their roofs, exiles from eternal providence. And I've read a couple of verses too far. Sorry. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, page 34 of Enriching Our Worship 1, A Song of Ezekiel I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will, sprinkle, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. 
A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Romans chapter 14, verses 13 through 23. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one from whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who serves Christ, the one who thus serves Christ, is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for you to make others fall by what you eat. It is not good to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. The faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. But those who have doubts are condemned if they eat, because they do not act from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith, is sin. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle K, found on page 36 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1, a song of our adoption. Blessed are you, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before the world was made, you chose us to be yours in Christ, that we should be holy and blameless before you. You destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of your glorious grace, that you have freely given us in the Beloved. In you we have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of your grace which you have lavished upon us. You have made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of your will, according to your good pleasure which you set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Hyrus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. 
Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him, and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. When Jesus heard this, he replied, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him, except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed, found on page 41 of Enriching Our, Wor- of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Help us, O God, our Savior. Deliver us and forgive our sins. Look upon your congregation. Give to your people the blessing of peace. Declare your glory among the nations and your wonders among all peoples. Do not let the oppressed be shamed and turned away. Never forget the lives of your poor. Continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your favor to those who are true of heart. Satisfy us by your loving kindness in the morning. So shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. We're going to continue our perseverance in prayer for healing. For all of God's creation, everything from God's children to the physical world that God created, down to the very atom. 
up to the very cosmos. So let's say together the litany of healing found on page 33 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. I'm going to leave the recording going and be silent, but I am naming in my head, which I know God can hear, both my beloveds and also my enemies, that they may be healed. God, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. God, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. God, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. Lord, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O Lord of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O Lord of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O Lord of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O Lord of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit, those who are bereaved. Hear us, O Lord of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin <clears throat> in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O Lord of life. You are the Lord who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O Lord, is the well of life. And in your light we see light. Hear us, O Lord of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. Almighty God, giver of life and health, send your blessing on all who are sick and upon those who minister to them. 
that all weakness may be vanquished by the triumph of the risen Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. O Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. For once, I don't have commentary on the readings, and that might be because I'm kind of clogged up with what's going on in, in my life, and I lost sleep over it last night, and I'm just kind of trying to push it aside and enjoy my lovely four-day weekend that's filled with appointments and also fun things. And so I am going to for today at least, at least for this morning, leave the interpretation up to the Holy Spirit who communicates through many means. Sometimes I get out of the Holy Spirit's way enough for the Holy Spirit to communicate through me, I think. But today I've got some junk in the way, so I'm just going to acknowledge that and pray to God for it to be cleared out so that I may hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to me. And I hope that the Holy Spirit speaks to you through the readings, and I pray for healing and redemption and restoration for all of God's creation. Amen. And you have a bit to share with you about Jackson Kemper, who we remember today. Jackson Kemper was the first missionary bishop in the United States. Kemper, born in New... Oh, I should say, I'm reading this from Planning for Rites and Rituals, a resource for Episcopal worship. Kemper, born in New York State on Christmas Eve, 1789, served as the first missionary bishop. He was assigned to the wilderness in Missouri and Indiana, but he planted other churches throughout the Midwest, the South, and the Southwest, he is known as the Bishop of the whole Northwest. He was ordained a priest in 1814 and a missionary bishop in 1835, after which he immediately ventured onto the frontier. He founded a clergy training school in St. Louis, but it failed from lack of funds in 1845. Kemper founded Nashtoa House in 1842 with the help of James Breck. He encouraged translation of services into languages of Native Americans. I think that's pretty cool and pretty important too. You know, when we think about the, the abused and disenfranchised peoples, um, 
the Native Americans certainly have a long history um, of being marginalized, murdered, <laughs> and otherwise abused. And I, I don't laugh because it's funny, but just because it's so stark um, and often in the name of Christianity. And I think that sometimes we confuse missionary work with conversion work. I think the best thing that we can do as people in this world is be conduits for God's love and healing. And through that, the word moves. I mean, we have to remember that Jesus is the word. Jesus and the word are synonymous. And quite frankly, I believe that when we take passages from the Bible out of context and in extreme literalness, literality, literal, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say, um, that we make an idol of the words on the page and that we have to remember that the words were inspired by the Spirit and hopefully translated through inspiration by the Spirit but they themselves are not God. And I guess maybe in that context, in the context of Kemper, as it were, maybe I do after all have a few things to say. Our psalm speaks about mercy and speaks about turning to and away from God and speaks to Moses as an intercessor. And I think those are important lessons for us. I think that as we live and move in this world, in Christ and by Christ and in cooperation with Christ, It is our job to intercede because not everyone can intercede for themselves. Sometimes, just like I got blocked a bit this morning, sometimes people are so blocked by their woundedness that just nothing can flow through. And so, I mean, we take that in turns. And so when we're the ones who are unblocked, it's our job to pray for those who are blocked. God never blocks. It's our gunk that gets in the way, right? And God is gentle and kind. God will use crisis and trauma to clear out the gunk. And sometimes that's violent. But God uses it. When we pray and intercede, I feel that we open doors, we unclog pipes, and we create space for God to move and work. So I pray that we we do that as, as Moses did, and that we not try to hold ourselves to some standard of perfection. We are collaborators and co-conspirators with Christ, I like to say, but we are not Christ. Sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. 
God loves our imperfections. God loves us not in spite of our imperfections, but because of them. God created us human. God created the world. The world is God's and we are God's and we are all in God. I'm kind of loving our readings in, in wisdom, partly just because, you know, well, and, and let me tell you guys this. In my faith community um, and in my home, just, you know, not because of any malevolence, but just because of the way things worked out, I guess, or the, where the focus was, where I chose to be, I didn't crack my Bible until I was, which I had been given um, at a point in elementary school, I think it was, and it was an NRSV. Um, but I did not like crack it and start reading it until I was about to get married. And um, so I was like 23 or 24. I can't remember like when we started the planning, but around then. And we were picking out verses for the wedding, which was a United a wedding in a United Methodist Church, because the United Methodist Church was willing to marry a Quaker and a Southern Baptist, and so that was our meet in the middle. I'm I should say here too that I'm incredibly pleased and proud with the way that my Episcopal Church brings together in holy union members from all walks and of all backgrounds, gay, straight, Jewish, Christian, whatever it is. I'm incredibly proud of that. I'm incredibly proud that our church has created a safe space for all peoples where no matter what is going on, no matter what their context is, they can come and be welcome and loved and safe. Safe space is a really important thing to me right now. We do not have enough safe spaces in our world. Circling back to intercessory prayer, that's why it's so important. It creates a safe spiritual place. And that's why I'm so adamant that when we pray, we are careful that the space that we're creating is space that is has boundaries and is protected and is and where we're inviting God and God alone. There are, my friends, spiritual forces in this world other than God and God's. There are forces that, that, that have been twisted and manipulated and would twist and manipulate us if we allowed them in. And I have personally experienced that. So it is a huge blessing to me and I think a great part of our responsibility that we create and sustain through persevering prayer, safe spaces in our world, in our hearts, in all of the dimensions of the places in which we live and move and have our being, as it says. And so anyway, <laughs> circling back around to why I like reading from the Apocrypha, I didn't I didn't have access or even knowledge of the Apocrypha for a long time until it was before I came to the Episcopal Church. Um, 
but it was at least in my 30s. So it's all kind of new and fresh to me. And I like it when it's in our readings. So I like here in the wisdom how it talks about kind of like natural consequences for those that are um, not in God and kind of turning away from God and not knowing God. As verse 16 says, for the ungodly refusing to know you. And they're pursued in a way that seems kind of negative or, or seems very negative. But part of the message here is that God pursues us relentlessly and that God feeds us whatever we need, whatever we seek, sustenance and strength and mercy from our most very basic needs to the most lofty spiritual needs. God sustains and fulfills us. And that never-ending source of all is God and God alone. You know, we go through life, especially in this culture, believing some really stupid myths, like really damaging myths. Like the myth that what we are searching for, that that space, that hole that we feel inside of us that we're constantly questing to fill, can be filled by money or love, romantic love, or job satisfaction. The, the only thing that can fill that space is God. God and God alone. Anything else is a lie and distraction. Our New Testament reading Let me pray verse 13 for us. If you would join me, that'd be awesome. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. Amen. I think that stands on its own. And then we speak here to helping others not be distracted. And the, the metaphor is, is eating. But what I'm reminded of is um, victims of addiction. So I'm not an alcoholic, but I have several people in my life who are. And out of respect for them and their temptations, unless they tell me that it's okay, um, I fast from alcohol in their presence because to me their clear path their unhindered undistracted path their health is more important than a drink so in their presence I don't drink and that's to me like what this is saying like if it's distracting just abstain from it it's not going to hurt you Abstinence never hurt anybody. I, I feel like I can say that pretty unequivocally. So I'm sure somebody will tell me if I can't. <laughs> and so that's to me what our New Testament reading says is, you know, if 
if indulgence is harmful to another or potentially harmful to another, abstain. And if you have trouble abstaining, then maybe you need to have a look at whether or not that's been harming you. Luke, it's another healing story. I love healing stories. I think they're really important. And here, Jesus um, both unintentionally heals. Eh, I don't know if we can say that. Uh, it's more of a passive healing and an active healing, I think. So the woman who touches him heals. But then he, he wants her to be acknowledged. He doesn't want her secret to be, I mean, he doesn't want her healing to be a secret. And I think that is in and of itself a second healing. So first she touches him and she's healed from her hemorrhages. And then he heals her from the shame of her disease. He brings her out in the open. You know, a lot of 12-step programs, and, and I'll say here too that um, I have worked my way through the 12 steps and been a member of Al-Anon for quite some time, and it's been extremely helpful. It's helped me to realize that we all have our stuff. Even if you can't really put a name to it, even if, as Brene Brown says, you've got the poo-poo platter of addictions, um, we've all got something and the 12 steps invite God to work in pretty miraculous ways and bring us into active cooperation with God for transformation and healing. So I believe in the 12 steps and I believe 12 step spirituality is its own, like provides a path to God and really helps with that clearing out of gunk that we've been talking about. Um, so the, uh, oh, okay. So getting back to why I was talking about 12 steps, there's a saying in some 12 step programs, you're only as sick as your secrets. And this woman's disease would have made her unclean and ashamed. There's a lot of stigma in our culture where people are seen as unclean and shame worthy. A lot of victims of abuse are seen that way. Like they're twice victimized. I know I felt that way and those who have diseases of addiction, mental health, there's a lot of woundedness and sickness that in our culture we see as shame worthy and we blame the person who is sick or victimized. And I think that as followers of Christ, it's important for us to see here that there's often more than one layer of healing that sickness resides because we are holistic creations sickness can reside holistically in spirit soul and body heart mind and will and those things are all interconnected and sometimes there's healing that needs to be worked in all those aspects of being that you can't just heal the body and leave the soul sick and sometimes you can't untangle where the root cause is. And so we must ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and help and healing, but acknowledge that it takes place over time often and in many dimensions and layers of a person's being. So I think this is a beautiful example of Jesus healing and then doing a second healing. 
And then Jesus resurrects, which is an amazing thing. So both the woman and the girl, according to my commentary, are saved. So maybe there's actually three layers of healing here. At any rate, let us hear what the Spirit is saying to us in these stories of healing, that trust and faith are conduits to healing, that we can be healed directly or through the hands of others, that healing is sometimes a communal process and sometimes a one-on-one process with God, that Holy Spirit, speak to us. God, we are your daughters. Our faith has made us well. Let us go in peace. Something else that's interesting in here is that this is a healing story where Jesus tells the healed to tell no one. And I'm not, I'm not totally sure. So let's, I'd like to ask for some clarification on that. Holy Spirit, you know, would you clarify this? Because when Jesus heals the guy with the demons in the earlier passage of Luke, um, and the demons go into the swine and are killed, you know, that reading from yesterday, he tells him to go home and declare how much God has done. Then he raises this child from the dead and he tells him not to tell anybody. And I don't know why. So I'm going to ask God to reveal that. But those are all of my thoughts on the scriptures. And thank you for being patient with me. Um, and praise God that that my, my gunk is a little cleared out and I'm in a better space at this moment. Thank you. I... Um, I receive so much from these conversations. I thank you all for being in them with me. And those of you that have reached out over the last couple of days um, and responded personally, thank you. This um, relationship that we're in is not for me virtual, but very tangible. And I am very grateful. Thank you for your prayers and your blessings. I continue to pray for all of you, and I thank you for your perseverance and prayer for me and for all of God's children in creation. Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, close this up. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in, in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church, and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy. 
has always protected us and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.